You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome to the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. We need any cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. And when you need great NBA inside and information, Howard Beck is absolutely one of the best in the business at Howard Beck. Applies his trade for Sports Illustrated, does an amazing podcast, and in about 10 minutes will be subjected to what the Beck kind of questions. But first, some hoops talk. Hello, Mr. Beck. Mr. Ryder, how are you, sir? Been a while. Morning, buddy. Yeah, good to, good to hear your voice. I saw you were in Spain. I was in Spain part of the summer. Hope you guys had a great time. Uh, how could we not? It was incredible. I should have stayed. Uh, I loved it. The food was amazing. It was uh, also much cheaper than Brooklyn. Yes. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, it was gorgeous. Loved, loved Spain. Yeah, me too. Uh, Howard back here on the show. Howard, I, I heard your voice asking some questions at, at Lakers Media Day. Let, let me ask you just this Lakers question. What do you think is a realistic, a realistic ceiling for the Lakers this season? It's a, it, I honestly don't even know how to assess them right now. Um, I feel like the Lakers have now become almost underrated, slept on, because everyone's just kind of moved on. Like, oh, LeBron, you know, what is ESPN ranks? Got him outside of the top five now. And look, all you have to do is go back to last season and his stats when he was actually playing, which was, you know, a decent chunk of the season. The guy is still putting up MVP caliber production. And Anthony Davis – we know what he's capable of at his best. And so there's this really weird kind of, uh, you know, ill perception or, or now um, dismissal of the Lakers based on the idea that LeBron is done and Anthony Davis is, is just never going to be able to recapture what he had in the bubble or that he's, 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 a, he's a, somehow a, a counterfeit star, something. I don't even know how people would put it. I just think that nobody really gives them credit for, for their talent anymore. And a lot of that has to do with all the other stuff, right? Russell Westbrook didn't fit, still doesn't fit. Don't care what anybody says. I'm, I'm not convinced until uh, it's proven otherwise. And they don't have a great supporting cast. All true, all reasons to downgrade the Lakers and to not put them in that top tier in the West, especially considering it's a pretty strong tier. All that said, <laughs> here we go. When we get to the Nets, I'm going to do this same thing. Just start listing caveats. Um, if LeBron is healthy for let's say 70 plus games and Anthony Davis is healthy for the 70 plus games, maybe even the same 70 plus. If Westbrook does find a way to kind of reimagine himself and be more of a supporting role player, sixth man, whatever it is, it should be a pretty good team. Like I don't, they're not a contender. I don't think I, I, I can't possibly imagine them breaking through the West but also the West does not have one overwhelming favorite. You know, the Warriors deserve to be favorites as defending champs and have a lot going for them. Youth that is getting better and Clay Thompson will have a full season, all that stuff. The Nuggets are getting Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. back. 
the Suns have kind of a cloud over them, but, you know, look, they were in the finals as recently as, you know, less than a year and a half ago. And the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard back and Paul George and this really deep roster. Like, there's a lot of really good teams, all of which you can make a case for to come out of the West. But none of them are overwhelming favorites. And I, I think the same thing goes in the East if we get to the East. But I, I, So I don't see the Lakers as a top-four team in the West. But I do see them as a team that if they're healthy at the right time and get the best out of some of their role players, or maybe somehow along the way find a way to offload Westbrook along with a couple of those picks for a better-fitting complementary star or a better-fitting complementary player, period, probably not a star. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not over. It's, I, I refuse to think it, to believe it's over because I still have that much regard for LeBron James when he's at his uh, prime health and, and, and at his best. Howard, back here on the show, not just dropping nuggets of excellent wisdom, but previewing the next question. Uh, let's get to the Brooklyn Nets. Let's get to just, I mean, you talk about a remarkable culture, a lack of awkwardness, you know, stars that want to be together in a locker room, me doing sarcasm badly on the radio. What is, um, I mean, obviously that's a really, really talented basketball team. And I know we're all guessing here, Howard, but if you have to guess, does the talent on that squad outweigh the drama, or is it the other way around this upcoming season? Man, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's ever been a, a bigger conundrum or just conflicting uh, impulses about a team, right? Or, or just the, the contrast between their talent and their volatility, right? It's it just they're off the charts in both directions. I'm not good at making those, you know, cool, you know, graphics that the, the, the <laughs> statistical charts that the, gra- that the analytics guys do, but uh, – I don't know which is the X and which is the Y axis. I just know the, the, the Nets rank off the charts in both talent and volatility. Uh, where that puts them, um, Pluto. I think it puts them on Pluto. That's where it puts them. Um, yeah, here we go. Here's all the ifs. Uh, if, if they all get along and if they all truly still want to be here in Brooklyn and, um, and if they don't undermine Steve Nash, <laughs> uh, the Nets could win the East. Like it's not it's it's not even a crazy thought. It's it it seems implausible. I wouldn't bet on it. I don't bet on anything. But I I, I don't think we should dismiss the possibility that the Nets might actually you know follow through on all of their happy talk of, of media day. And it wasn't even really happy talk to be honest. I mean they they did a good job of, of playing down everything and, and explaining to some extent what happened over the summer and saying listen we're here we're we're here to to play together and to win, and we're fine. And listen, the one thing about Kevin Durant, put aside Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons for a minute because th- those two guys I, I, I just I think are really difficult personalities to, to get a, a, gris, a, a grasp on. But Kevin Durant, whatever anybody else may say about him and about his trade demand this summer, which I never understood, Kevin Durant, there's not a lot of artifice there. There's not a lot of contrivance. He just kind of says what's on his mind. Now, what's on his mind might change dramatically from one day or one week to the next. But if he's sitting there saying, look, yeah, I want it out, and here are the reasons I want it out, but I no longer do and I'm fine because of X, Y, Z. And he sat there and just kind of calmly explained it all. He's not really great at, 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 at politicking. It's not what he does. He's not somebody who's going to try to convince you of, 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 of something that he doesn't believe. He's, he's a fairly straightforward uh, figure. And so I'm taking Kevin Durant at his word that he's cool. He's good. And if he's good to go, then that's the most important piece. We still have to see Ben Simmons play for the first time in 18 months and see if his, his health and his head are, are in the, the, the right place. 
Kyrie is, is, you know, one of the biggest wild cards we've ever seen in this league. But the talent is, is undeniable. Those three guys could all be all NBA. And they've got some really great role players. Seth Curry and Joe Harris are two of the best shooters in the NBA. Um, they've got some nice role players with Markeith Morris, and they picked up T.J. Warren, and they got Royce O'Neal. Like, this team should, you know, should be should be really good. It's, it's just all a matter of, like, how tied together are they really? What is their camaraderie like? Does it exist? Uh, I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. Howard back here on the show. Howard from, from Sports Illustrated, friend of the show, incredibly talented NBA writer, reporter, podcaster, all of the above. Howard, uh, to what degree, if any, have you adjusted your outlook, your expectations for the Boston Celtics based on the very obvious drama and ugliness and change given Ime Udoka's one-year suspension? If you asked anybody around the league or asked any of us who analyze and comment on the league a month ago, you would have said the top tier in the East is, a, is, a, is two teams, the Bucks and the Celtics, the last two teams to make the conference or to, uh, to make the NBA Finals. Obviously, the Bucks winning the championship, the Celtics losing to the Warriors. But those two teams are the back-to-back Eastern Conference champs and probably the two strongest teams. And that's not to say that, you know, that the Nets and, and you know, the Heat and the Sixers, you know, like they're all going to be in the, in the mix. But I think the top tier everybody agreed was Milwaukee and Boston. I do think we have to reassess on Boston. Like, I do think that the cloud that the Ime Udoka situation has cast over that team and the fact that they don't have the head coach who got them, helped get them to the finals, right? Like, it was the same basic roster that Brad Stevens had the year before. What changed? Well, you know, a lot of things change year to year in the NBA, but with the Celtics, it was the leadership. It was the voice on the bench. It was a different style. And Ime Udoka, to his credit, did a lot of things right to get the Celtics galvanized and to the finals. And to have him removed and now have essentially your third head coach in three seasons, not ideal. Um, and it, it does seem like the Celtics are a little dizzy over this whole thing, like not sure exactly what happened and why it happened. You know, and, and obviously we're all trying to figure out exactly you know, what's going on in, in, in Boston with that situation. We may not get real answers anytime soon, but um, I think that does cast a pall over things. And plus, you know, look, they've tried to bolster their, their depth, which they badly, badly need to do. And, you know, Danilo Gallinari, who they signed, then goes and, and uh, blows out his knee. So he's, got, you know, gone for the season. They did pick up Malcolm Brogdon, who's a nice addition, but they've also got injury concerns at center again because Robert Williams III has a knee problem again, had surgery again. So um, I, I don't know that I can still put them in that top tier definitively. Like, they're going to be in the mix for sure. It doesn't knock them out. But I don't. I don't have as much faith given all of the uh, the clouds around them. Howard, back here on the show. Howard, are you ready for some what the bet questions? I am never ready for the what the bet questions, and yet I will do them anyway. <laughs> I love that, man. <laughs> Let's start with an easy one. Rolling Stone just dropped its top 100 TV shows of all time. What would you rate as the greatest TV show of all time, Howard Beck? Oh, man. These are tough. That, I mean, every time this question comes up, it's tough. I have a bunch that I love. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go The Wire. Yeah, I think that – I love that answer. See, that's what the Beck is magic. I love this segment. Uh, yesterday was National Nickname Day. What is or would you like your nickname to be? <laughs> oh, man. A lot of people in NBA circles, because of Zach Lowe, will just now refer to me as What Up Beck, as if What Up isn't just the greeting but actually part of my name. Um, I like it. so that's okay. that's amusing. Yeah, uh, there, 
my, uh, friends from from a certain period of, of my youth uh, will still call me Howie, but if it comes from anybody who's not part of that time in my life, I take it as them being kind of sarcastic and pejorative, in which case I want to smack you, so I don't recommend it. Um, I never really had any other, like, yeah, no, no, no serious nickname. You know what? Um, Tim Brown, the great baseball writer, I don't know where Tim is right now, but he was at the L.A. Times for years and was uh, primarily baseball, but he was on the Laker beat for a few years while uh, I was out there. Tim Brown, because he was a baseball guy, I was probably the only other Howard he knew aside from Howard Johnson, the former outfielder, who was Hojo. And so Tim Brown started calling me Hojo, and then that caught on with a few people. So there's my other one. That's a good one. Howard Beck, what is the percentage odds that we're in a simulation? <laughs> you love this. You love the simulation. You love all this other weird, like the, the rabbit holes I've seen you go down on Google in the middle of the finals game or all-star. It's, it, it, it's, it's always a little bit frightening. I never know where you're going. The, the flat earth stuff is coming from Bill Ryder. Sometimes. No, I know there are this round. That one I'm with. That one I'm down with. I get it. Okay. Uh, I don't know about the simulation. I do like the multiverse idea, right? I've, you, okay. you keep getting these multiverse movies, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down with that. Man, can you imagine, like, in some alternate universe where you and I are neighbors? Your poor life. One more. Is there an alternate? Is there yep. an alternate universe where you and I are living in Spain and just drinking sangria all day? I want to be in that one. That's a future universe. I'm just telling you right now. I don't have the money and I don't have permission from my daughter, but I'm all about retiring to Spain. Like, I'm all, give me Barcelona all day. Yes, yes. We'll make that. We'll make that this universe, Howard Beck. Um, Excellent. This this is NBA one. To what degree? It's actually just an NBA question, but I like. I, I want to really pull some what the back out of you. To what degree is it significant? Not only that DeAndre Aiden hasn't talked to his head coach, he claims, but that he is saying so to the media upon the first, you know, prolonged scrutiny for him since that Game Seven fiasco. Uh, very significant, very troubling. If you're a <laughs> Suns fan or anybody in the Suns organization, I was. I, I was stunned. I saw that pop up on Twitter yesterday, and and uh, I think I think my reaction was basically, "What the Beck?" Um, I, I, except more profane than that. Um, I, I that's so. There's a lot of things here, but the first thing that pops out, aside from just that's bad. It's been months. How can you guys not have talked? And he's clearly bitter about it because he brought it up immediately. But Monty Williams, Monty Williams is the reigning coach of the year. He's essentially two-time coach of the year because a year ago he was runner-up in the media vote, but he won the coaches vote, which have their own coach of the year award. Like the guy is one of the best coaches in the league and really well regarded. And in part because of his people skills, Monty's not just some great tactician, although he is that as well. But I think one of the things that's made him stand out as as a young coach in this league, as a head coach in this league, is his people skills, and that's legitimate. I'm not doubting that at all. But because that is one of his strengths as a coach, it's all that much more baffling and surprising to me that he not only hasn't talked to DeAndre Ayton about whatever it was that went wrong with them during the playoffs, but when the media asked, he got a little bit defensive about it and and didn't want to address it, but he kind of confirmed, like, yeah, they haven't talked. I mean, it's almost as if they feel like they don't have to or he feels like they don't have to, like – I don't see how you can have that hanging over you as coach and star center, one of your most important players, or having hanging over you as a team, especially a team with really high aspirations. And on top of it all, of course, DeAndre Ayton wanted a big contract. 
The Suns dragged their feet. They didn't proactively sign him. They waited for him to sign an offer sheet with the Pacers and then matched it and kept him. And so there's so much for Aiton to be stewing about. You should be doing everything possible to try to, you know, uh, you know, calm the situation. And it doesn't seem like they've done that. It is super bizarre. Howard Beck, my friend, it, dude, I, it's so fun having you on the show. I, I, I appreciate the time. Looking forward to seeing you next time I'm out east. Glad you had a good time in Spain. And don't sleep on the simulation as like a 4% possibility. <laughs> I will not dismiss it outright. It just scares me a little. Uh, Bill, always a pleasure, my friend. Great hearing from you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Howard Beck on the show at uh, Howard Beck on Twitter, Sports Illustrated, NBA guru, and all-around awesome dude. Let's do an awesome buy or sell with Mr. Pretty Daddy D-Cell himself next year on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show. I just had Howard Beck on, and he, he dropped Diesel that, that he's watched me at All-Star Games. Never the finals. At All-Star Games. <laughs> Go down that um, rabbit hole. On Wikipedia of the simulation, weird things happen in the press press uh, press area. Once at the NBA Finals in 2011 in Dallas, I sat next to Zach Lowe for the first time. I didn't know Zach at the time. A huge Zach Lowe fan. I think he's super talented. And I was like, "Oh, it's nice to meet you. I'm Bill Ryder." And he goes, "Oh, I know who you are, Bill. I like your work." I'm like, "Oh, he likes my work." And then I literally I had a I had a glass of water. I somehow stumbled. And the water went straight up and straight down on his laptop. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Are you still friends with Mr. Zach Lowe? I mean, yeah, but, like, he was such a nice guy because he was like, it's okay, but his face was all red and there was rage there. There was there was Ken Dorsey-level rage. It was a rage monster moment. His words said it's okay. His face did not. He was very nice. In his computer, the smoke coming, it wasn't smoke. I don't know if it works still or it worked then. Okay. I'm an idiot. Not a knight in shining armor to my wife, or to just people in general at press events. Got it. We've clarified. Let's do buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? 
It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bill, you mentioned Ken Dorsey, so let's get to it. After his viral meltdown on Sunday in Miami's loss to the Dolphins, the Buffalo offensive coordinator said he'll use it as a learning experience. It was a, a intense game. It was a, a passionate game. Um, you know, I'm up in the box. I'm watching my guys down there just uh, give us everything they possibly have in them uh, with effort and, and from, from start to finish playing 90-something snaps in a game. And, uh, you know, it was a, a playoff atmosphere, a lot of credit to the Miami Dolphins. And obviously we weren't on the uh, winning end of it. So it's uh, it's frustrating and, um, you know, uh, reacted that way. And, and obviously that's something that I'm definitely going to learn from. Buy or sell, you had any issue with Ken Dorsey's outburst on Sunday in the coach's booth? Uh, I will sell that. Sell. No issue. Mm. Like the passion, like the anger. That was a real outburst. I've seen guys do the fake, let's look like we're angry. That was an absolute, the Hulk, I'm turning green moment of unabridged, unblocked anger. And I respect it. As somebody who's got a pretty fierce temper, I understand. I got it. I get it. Good job. All right. And Sunday's win over the Commanders. I, I want to endorse it. Bye. Ooh, you got a real belly laugh there from Bogus. He liked oh, that did one. I? Thank that you, That was Andrew. good. That was good. Didn't see it coming either. Thank you. Thank you. All right. In Sunday's win over the Commanders, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni elected to use star wide receiver Devontae Smith as a punt returner, saying, quote, we just wanted to get the ball in Devontae's hands when we were backed up. He did a nice job of getting some yardage off that. When Sirianni was later asked if he'll continue to use Smith in that role, he said, quote, We'll see. Buy or sell using a star wide receiver as a punt returner. Is it sustainable? Is it? Wait, what's the, is it sustainable? Is it sustainable to use a star wide receiver as a punt returner? I will sell that it's sustainable to do consistently. Sell. There's, there's historical, certainly historical exceptions to the rule. But for the most part, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel worth it to me. All right, let's stick with wide receivers here. In Monday's loss to the Cowboys. Ooh, transition time. Yeah, a little bit there. At MetLife Stadium, Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard suffered a torn ACL as he seemed to take an awkward step on the artificial turf. Now, Shepard's injury caused former Giants receiver Odell Beckham Jr. to tweet the following, quote, Just get rid of the turf, all the bleep together, bro. Millions made off of this game. I can't understand why we can't play on grass. That bleep is rough. Prayers up for my brother. Bleep, this just hurt my heart. End quote. Buy or sell that all NFL fields need to be natural grass instead of artificial turf. You almost said gas. I will buy. <laughs> I really did. I will buy. The, 100%. Buy. Let me ask you a question because you put it in quotes. It says bleep in your script. Uh, his tweets did not say bleep. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. He, was, he had some swearsies. Don't trust myself enough to have the swearsies in my script and then to not say them on the radio. You're afraid you would go Anchorman on it. Yes, absolutely. Do something anatomically impossible to yourself, San Diego. Why would he say that kind of a moment? Right, exactly. Okay. Okay. So you're all about all about the grass, artificial turf? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, look, he, I, yes, I don't have a lot to add. And Bogus, if maybe, maybe you want to push back here 
But uh, he's right. It's a billion-dollar industry. They have built massive stadiums that are really just monuments to the egos in some cases. Certainly Jerry World of the owner. They have a whole bunch of money. <laughs> just, just operate, just operate with, with with real grass. Like reduce the risk of these kind of injuries. Turf is the worst. Your Soldier Field is not the example, but you can have stadiums with real grass in bad weather spots, cold weather spots, wet spots. It doesn't have to be turf. It's turf because it saves them money. It saves them an expense, and it allows them to do other things in their building when they're not football games because they kind of don't care about the players that much because ultimately they're replaceable. So, yeah, it's a bad, bad look for owners, and it's definitely something that we should probably yell louder about because it's not fair to these guys who we want to see so badly on Thursday and Sunday and Monday going out there and having another risk to their health because of what they're running on. Pretty Daddy D-Cell, you might want to cover your ears because soccer reference here, but your Tottenham Hotspurs D-Cell has a, a, a remarkable $2 billion stadium for concerts and the NFL games that are going to be there in the foreseeable future, including the ones coming up. They have a, the soccer pitch D-Cell, Pretty Daddy, it's, a, it's, it's the pitch. And then they have a retractable gra- all-grass field that goes over that for, for American football games and for for concerts. I guess my point is there are solutions if they want to spend the money. And you're right, Andrew. The reason they don't is they don't care about the players at all. I mean, a little bit, but not enough to take to do this for them. And it depends on the ownership and it depends on the place. But turf is – so that, not that I'm any kind of athlete, but I used to – there's an all-turf – there's three football fields that are all-turf at the University of Missouri that was, you know, just for, for – for, not for student athletes, just for people like me, and we would get hurt constantly on that stuff. Yeah, turf I mean, my, is terrible. My kids play. My son plays baseball almost exclusively on turf, especially infield what? turfs, and, or, or yeah, infield turf. And um, when I'm out there, like practicing with them, like it sucks. They slide on it to make plays or sliding into bases. It's just it's nonsense. Why? 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 Just to save why? Why turf for baseball? Yeah, it's, I, I guess it's it's. Maybe a bigger expense to begin with, but not over time. And it just, you don't have to worry about cutting grass. You less have to worry maintenance, yeah. Less maintenance. You get you have it and you're done. If you play infield on, on a turf field, like I've never, I play baseball. That's crazy. Does the ball, like is a hard shot, skip off the turf then? Um, No, I mean, it's got a, it has a decent bounce to it, but it's like kicking up these those little black pellets the whole time, which then get yeah. in your, they're in your, in your shoes and your clothes and your uniform. It's disgusting. And it's dangerous. I'm going to sell that whole thing. Sell. Come on, Long Island. Be better. No, it's everywhere. Do you want to call out the specific commissioner of of Little League in that area? No, but the people that decide infinite wisdom of public servants, um, they put (laughs) our neighborhood has a big athletic complex. It is three fields. One, you know, like, a man, adult size, ninety foot base field. Then there's one medium range for all the little league, and then there's a softball diamond. And through the middle of their outfields is the football field or the lacrosse field. So all three infields are now turf, but they left the the outfields grass for football. Yay, it's grass, not turf, but it's not straight. On one corner, it's going up on the second base softball turf. Oh my god. There's a there's a ledge on the other side. I mean it's just such a disaster area. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for my neighborhood. Look, 
you think about it, but if you want to get the names of some of these public servants for Bum of the Week later in the week, just oh, put it you know out what? there. Good idea. Thank you. 48-hour head notice. I'll get some names. You'll have them by Friday morning. Done. Love everything about and that. And nothing will happen back in Come, my corner of the Coming for you, public servants. All right. Let's, let's get to some soccer here. You mentioned it. The United States men's national soccer! team. Nil-nil draw yesterday with Saudi Arabia, and it was actually an improvement over their 2-0 loss to Japan last week. Now, dating back to last October, almost 12 months ago, the U.S. has scored just two goals in eight matches outside of the United States. Oh, by the way, Bill, their next match will be their World Cup opener in less than two months. Buy or sell your concern about the United States men's national team. Bye. Bye. They can't score. That this seems pep- to be a problem. Yeah, I'm not a soccer expert, but I... And, 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 Andrew, I don't want to get too deep in the tactics, but I believe uh, in terms of formations, you have to score to win. you got to score at least once if you're going to yeah. keep a clean sheet, as they say, defensively. Ooh. I have, in my sophomoric soccer state at the moment, uh, I've now graduated to hoping the World Cup goes terribly so Greg Berhalter is out Same and they start over. Yeah, because my this is not is good. Calling, that's amazing. My brother is calling the World Cup the uh, the Burhalter uh, gets fired test case or some wordy yeah. jargon like that because there's a lot and I still again barely know anything but there's a lot of stuff going on there like his brother is somebody at U.S. Soccer like there's I don't know is that but I think got fired right didn't his brother get fired there's just a there's or a removed? lot of there's a lot of people who don't think he should have this job still or didn't get it in yes. the first place. Yes. So, yeah, the World Cup is, I mean, it has to be the defining thing. Either he's right and they got out of that group and we got to be quiet or it's a disaster and he's got to be fired the second they're back in America. Let me go deep on the soccer because Diesel loves it. Let me just give you, so I got a buddy, name's Bruno. He's from Catalonia. Okay. Parents are from Argentina, but he's from, Bruno's from Spain. Tennis buddy. We play tennis like three times a week together. He covers soccer for a living mostly in the Spanish-speaking realm, and he is very connected, and he thinks that it's plausible that Pep Guardiola, who's the probably the best coach on the face of the earth, Don't certainly one of the main city, he thinks that Pep wants to be a, a national coach because it's an easy job when he gets done with Man City in a year or two, maybe, maybe, and Bruno, Bill's friend Bruno's speculation, is that people love living in America, the pressure is less here than the other national teams, right? You get to choose where you live. So you could live in L.A. or New York or Miami. All And, and L.A. and Miami, obviously, very Spanish-speaking. Pep speaks English now because he's a Premier League coach. And he needs his guys to run and press. And the American team is young, so they'll do that. Buy or sell, you think there's a, a chance that maybe Pep could be the guy? If Bur- buy or sell, you want to buy into this option? Buy. 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 We, if he became that, we could... I don't even want to say it out loud, but things go real well. It is crazy, though, that he still, I know this is year five, year six at Man City, and they've yeah. won almost everything, and he's already looking to be done with all of that. In many ways, and I mean before he became a joke, but in terms of longevity at places, he's Urban Meyer-esque in the sense that Pep tends to burn himself out. And the people around him out. Or you get fired. I mean, soccer coaching is insanity. The right. dude at, but he's at, never been fired. Right, but the dude at Chelsea got fired within a year yeah. of winning the Champions League. Like, it just, it, they, 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 everything that we do here, they do on steroids there. 100%. Um, 
Xavi, and and, 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 and Disa, you can wake up. This, the conversation's almost over. The coach of Barcelona has not lost in La Liga this year, turned them around last year, took them from 10 to 2 in the table last year. Yeah, they lost to Bayern Munich in the Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. I read Barcelona coverage every day. They're already talking about, because they have a bunch of injuries from international break, that if things go badly in October, hasn't happened yet, he will be on the hot seat. They're, <laughs> they're ridiculous. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Soccer! All right, let's get to some hoops here. Now, we touched Good on this, segue. We touched on this last segue. segment with our buddy Howard Beck. But yesterday we heard from Suns big man DeAndre Ayton sounding rather somber that he's back in Phoenix with his new contract. Aiton then doubled down on that vibe, saying that he hasn't spoken to Suns head coach Monty Williams since Phoenix was eliminated from the playoffs last season. Buy or sell DeAndre Aiton becoming a problem this year in Phoenix? A buy. I'm really worried about it. I think it's a monty problem. Mm. Sell. Mounting? Nah. I did it wrong. I thought about it. I hesitated. I wanted to give it to you. I couldn't do it. It sounded so good in my brain. I think it's a huge issue, and I'm going to use this as an opportunity to accurately take shots at Chris Paul again. Chris Paul's style of leadership does not work with guys who are frustrated and happy, and I, I could be reading into things that were true in the past and are not true here, but the first thing I thought when I heard it was DeAndre Ayton's obvious displeasure with his organization ex- includes Chris Paul. Because in a lot of places, look at the Nets. You can, I mean, Durant tried to get those guys fired. But if the leadership in, on that team and your buddies in that team can come to you and be like, hey, guys, you know, I know Monty's being a, you know, hasn't talked to you, but we got this. You feel like you're somewhat a part of the mix, even if it's in an, an awkward way with one of the bosses. DeAndre Ayton sounds like a guy who's on an island. He sounds miserable. And, and where's so-called leader Chris Paul? All the Chris Paul's one of the best leaders in the NBA garbage. If Chris Paul was one of the best leaders in the NBA, that wouldn't have happened. The end. Chris Paul shot out of nowhere. Buy it. I'm going to buy my own Chris Paul shot. Bye. Go. All right, let's get to some baseball here. With just seven games to go, the New York Mets and Atlanta Braves are all tied up in the NL East, and they'll play each other three times this weekend in Atlanta. By ourselves, the Mets need to win the division more than the Braves do. I'll buy that. Bye. Only because we've seen teams that get crazy, crazy hot across sports and baseball and make deep runs, and Atlanta has been on fire the second half of the season. So I guess, in th- I mean, both need to win it. But in theory, maybe they're a little more momentum-based. They've shown they're a little more, little. maybe they can catch fire a little bit. What it, Bogus, buy or sell, you are optimistic the Mets are going to win the division. I can't buy that. Sell. So, percentage odds you put it at? 48%. I'm almost there, but... They've got three games in Atlanta, and because of the hurricane, don't know when those games are. Don't right. know where they might be, although leaving Atlanta apparently is not really on the table. But every, both teams have their pitching lined up for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if it's Saturday night and two on Sunday, like things get a little haywire, and maybe the Mets don't have an advantage of DeGrom and Scherzer and Chris Bassett. So, And the games are in Atlanta, not New York. So it's hard to... Be optimistic. Although I'm as optimistic as I can be without technically being optimistic. If that makes sense. What What is the forecast? I haven't even paid attention to the, to the hurricane beyond it, it hitting Florida. Yeah, so it's supposed to cross Florida, right, and be on now that the eastern side of Florida, and then hang a left back in through 
Georgia and South Carolina. So there's but, lots of rain. But, I mean, there's, yeah, the, the rain from, like, the panhandle of Florida, the very northern part of Florida, all the way through Georgia, the Carolinas, Virginia, Maryland is, like, four-plus inches between now right. and Monday-ish, if not more, plus wind. So, who knows? But right now, apparently, they think they can play Saturday night and then twice on Sunday. That's the latest kind of whisper rumor, but nobody knows. Man, what a what an absolute what an absolute mess. And thoughts, by the way, prayers to everybody in the path of that of that hurricane, including my parents who are in Fort Myers. So, uh, hope everybody is okay and safe and, uh, and 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 doing well. Let's um look. I like optimism as much as the next guy, but let's talk about just a little bit of a lingering concern with Tua Tungavailoa here on the show. It's coming up after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. It is Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. A lot of optimism around the Dolphins right now. And for good reason. 3-0, some, some gutsy wins, some impressive wins. That win against the Ravens, in which Tua was extraordinary, obviously bodes well for his to his ability to be, to be awesome. And the Ravens might be a great football team. It's a little early to, to be entirely sure. And the win against the Bills absolutely is a season-defining victory, at least early in the season. But there are reminders that Tua has had some injury issues over the course of his career. Ankle issues, back issues, there's some Availability for tomorrow. It's tomorrow, Thursday already. That makes him a little uncertain. And what's the quote I think I saw? That he's trying to do everything he can to be as close to ready. I think close to 100% as possible is, is the term. And that is the other thing about Tua that hasn't really been discussed at great length is the concern about his durability long term. Why hasn't it been discussed a ton outside of Miami? Because you don't worry about a guy being durable until you worry about whether you care about him being on the field in the first place. You've got to prove you have value in the NFL before you're worried that you're going to be injured. I mean, I'm a Bears fan. 
almost every quarterback for the Bears the last 20 years, then being injured was another way of saying we're going to bring in a similar person, which is to say someone who shouldn't start in the National Football League at the quarterback position. How many times do I take shots at the Bears a, sh- a show a week? Every day? Uh, yeah, I'd probably set the number at five and a half. Five and a half, yeah, I'll go over, but barely. It's a really good line. I hope two is fine. I hope he's going to be okay. It's really sort of hard to to get your arms around with this guy, but it, it it is another concern. I think he's crossed the threshold of can he be great in the NFL. He can. doesn't mean he will, but he's shown that he's capable of it. He's been put in a situation where he can succeed. He's got some receivers. He's got more time with the offensive line. Looks like he's got a head coach who knows what he's doing as a head coach and obviously came from a, a well-regarded offensive system and culture in San Francisco. But you got to stay healthy. You got to you got to stay you got to stay on the field. And and Bengals Dolphins is a pretty good football game tomorrow night. It's a pretty big game. And part of the reason I want Tua to play Diesel, not just because it's better when these guys are healthy and it gives it gives Tua a chance to continue the momentum. I'm I'm, I'm sure we'll hit this tomorrow. I'm very curious what a Bengals team that is that are one and two haven't looked sharp even in their win. If they can beat a healthy Dolphins team, if they can beat a Dolphins team that has Tua. It's a big if. I think it's a real opportunity to reevaluate the doubts we had about Cincinnati at the start of the year and, and to remember with some, some optimism for them that they were in a Super Bowl last season. It's a it's a it's a huge game for Cincinnati, and there's no it's still a huge game if Tua doesn't play, but there's no way to evaluate them if there's no tongue of Iloa. Oh, absolutely. If the if the Dolphins have anybody other than Tua under center, it it changes everything. And I just I yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, is it weird that Cincinnati's favored right now? I know it's early. We have over 24 hours before the game. Is it weird that the Bengals are the favorite? I know they're the home team. I I think what it tells you is Vegas being all over whatever's going on with Tua and baking into that equation the possibility that he's not around or the or the whole the possibility he's not 100. percent And I'm also I'm trying to remember the the Dolphins backup. Is it Teddy Bridgewater? Am I remembering that properly? Yeah. So I mean it's. Poor Teddy Bridgewater. That guy's not a starter in the National Football League. And and obviously, this is me being the master of the obvious, but I will say it, that is not the same Dolphins team without without Tua. The other thing is, you just if he's not healthy, if his back or his ankle aren't right, you can't rush him on a Thursday game because he's too important to the rest of the season. Right? I mean, I, I think there's also, maybe this is where the Vegas number comes in a little bit, there's probably some incentive for the Dolphins, D-Cell, to err on the side of caution here if they're up against that line, if the scales are evenly balanced in terms of whether or not to let them play. Because you are playing a Bengals team that hasn't looked good. doesn't mean you're going to win the game, but does, but you can. I think you probably, if you're the Dolphins, think maybe you can. And Tua skipping this game gives him, obviously, extra time to heal before the next one because he's got a bunch of time. And, and you want him to be 100% for the entirety of the season. But he has had injury issues in his career, and that's that's a fact we gotta we gotta grapple with. He has had injury issues, and we played it earlier in the season. I think it was actually after their Week One game. He is very he's been very vocal about he knows he's not the biggest guy out there, and I don't know if that's contributing to his injury issues. Just not being that six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound quarterback. But it is what it is. I mean, I, I just I also feel for Tua because if he does have to miss this game, or if he does have to take a series off just because that ankle or the back are, are are tight. I feel like it creates a whole new narrative through three weeks. We've had this two has been a superstar 
The Dolphins are, are a legitimate team. He might be in the MVP consideration. I feel like then the narrative just flips so quickly. Can Tua stay healthy? Uh, and it's a legitimate narrative. I mean, you're, you're three games into a season in which you've, you've, you've played well, and all of a sudden you're questionable for a Thursday night football game. I, it is a concern. And, and again, you, you can't risk an entire season or even a couple weeks of a season on a guy who's not ready. But it's also a chance for the Dolphins against a Bengals team that has been struggling. Doesn't mean that Cincinnati will struggle the whole year and doesn't mean we won't reevaluate Cincinnati in terms of degree of difficulty differently in six weeks than we do today. But today, it looks like a very winnable game for the Dolphins. And going to 4-0 in the National Football League when you've invested a bunch of money in a bunch of guys, is that is a significant step forward for a rookie head coach. Two is not a rookie, but a, a guy in two that's trying to, to get a fresh start. Someone in Tyree Kill who's massively talented but spent a lot of the offseason complaining about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So you do worry about when, if his situation or his view sours. You want to keep the good vibes going in Miami. I, I don't know why. I got, I got no dog in this, in, in this hunt at all. I'm a Miami fan this year, in the sense that every year there are just different teams I'm excited to watch play well and watch win. That was the Niners a little bit last year. I really, and you're wearing a Miami shirt here. You're wearing a Hurricane shirt, but still. I'm with you. I want vindication for Tua this year. All right, good stuff, Pretty Daddy. Thank you to Howard Beck. Thank you to Andrew Bogish. I'm Bill Ryder. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.